Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Spartan Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network. Around the world of college football we go. What a crazy time for college football. You got the Michigan scandal that all of a sudden just kind of stopped in its tracks. I got a bad feeling this is going to look horrible for the Big Ten and horrible for the sport. Down the road, not very far. Probably before July 1st of next year, when I expect in a huge amount of forfeits, not vacate. Eh, vacate won't cut it this time. Huge amount of forfeits. And titles gone and a bunch of people scratching their heads as to why this was allowed to go the way it was and the entire 23 season was kind of thrown into the wind if not the toilet for the Big Ten it's going to look really bad it's going to look bad and the situation around the sport with the transfer portal. What is going on right now is not good. It's not a good look. Remember that hat game thing where a kid is fortunate enough to be offered a scholarship to multiple universities, really good ones, and he's going to go to the table and pick one and starts faking people out and throwing them in the trash can and this and that. Really bad look. Those things didn't age well. They look bad. The current practice of transfer portal kids putting up goodbye postcards, that should stop. Somebody needs to advise these kids. It's a bad idea. Really, really bad idea. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. And it won't age well. That's what's going on in the world of college football. We've also got wacky stuff like Bobby Petrino looking like he's headed back to Arkansas. I've got thoughts on that because not that Bobby Petrino's done anything wrong. It's that he's actually looks like he's done some pretty good things. And boy, is he making the likes of Mel Tucker look remarkably foolish with the approach he's taking to trying to, look, there's no way to rebuild your career except to rebuild it, unless you blow it up and it can never be built up again. We've got a week of conference championship games. We're going to talk about those. It's an obvious pick six, isn't it? Pretty obvious. Around the world of college football and some thoughts on hiring of Jonathan C. Smith. John C. Smith, John Smith, whatever you want to call it at Michigan State. Yes, his name is spelled the same as mine. And really, it's only a couple letters away from my name, which is pretty ironic. This is a big year for me. Closest I've come to being named Michigan State head coach and the closest I've come to be a Michigan State quarterback. If you saw the uh, third or fourth stringer. On Michigan State, his spelling started with SCH also. So, not a bad time for those with the JS around Spartan Nation, but we got to talk about the reality of Jonathan Smith's hiring, what it means, and what he's got to do. We're going to do that as we go around the world of college football on the Spartan Pride Podcast. You can call me old school, you can call me an old man, whatever. You're probably right. I mean, hell, when I went to school, Nick Saban was making 10 times less than what Jonathan Smith just signed with at Michigan State. And he's obviously not even the highest paid coach in the history of Spartan football. He will, in the end, I'm sure, 
I got real confidence he's not going to blow his contract up like Mel Tucker did. And I got real confidence that Mel Tucker is just floating away real quick. Um, it is amazing to see at Arkansas that Bobby Petrino is likely going to head there as the offensive coordinator again. He was a part of the staff at Texas A&M that was fired. Petrino has a long history, as we all know. John L. Smith ties, success at Louisville, off to the Atlanta Falcons, the middle of season quits, goes to Arkansas. Arkansas is top 10, top 5, and then he gets in the wild um, personal scandal that involved not telling the truth and a remarkably stupid decision to do a press conference after a motorbike wreck. And it all goes down from there. Now, what he did not do was destroy his career. He actually rebuilt it pretty well, didn't he? He was hired as head coach at Louisville again. That didn't work. And now it looks like he's going to go back to Arkansas, or Arkansas if you're Les Miles, and maybe a coordinator for Sam Pittman, and who is a really easy guy to root for. Sam Pittman's a well-liked guy around the sport. That always helps. Boy, does that help. If you're going to bring back somebody that's got a troubled past, that helps. Interesting thing to watch is Pittman is going to get at least another year at Michigan, Michigan State, at Arkansas. What he gets after that, I don't know. Is it possible? I didn't even think of this before. Is it possible that Bobby Petrino could take over at Arkansas again? I am surely doubt it. I imagine he would be told if he signed that, no, you will not ever be the head coach here again. And that's okay. The point is, Bobby Petrino has figured out a way to rebuild his career. Obviously, Rick Pitino has rebuilt his career. Who in the world is Mel Tucker listening to? Uh, we haven't heard a lot from Tucker lately. I imagine we'll hear something at some point. Desperation is likely to inspire a foolish and frivolous lawsuit that should not be fire, uh, filed, to be honest with you. We're not going to revisit that again. You know exactly where to go in his contract to figure out what kind of legal case he has. And I appreciate your time. If you've been here at the Spartan Pride Podcast, if you've tuned in, if you've heard me yakking away, SpartanPridePodcast at gmail.com if you want to say hey. But if you've been here, you know that deal. You know Tucker's got nothing on Michigan State relative to the contract. Looks like he's got a no, looks like he's got a suit that's going to go nowhere but dismissal. And he did not handle it well. He did not go down the path of Bobby Petrino. So I don't have any contact with Mel Tucker, but I sure hope he talks to Bobby Petrino, um, obviously out of the public eye, because Petrino is rebuilding his career pretty well. Head back into Arkansas, not bad. Offensive concepts, never a question with Petrino. He's done pretty well. We'll never know what he did at the NFL level because Michael Vick got suspended and he bailed out of there before, I don't even remember, it was like before Halloween. The Falcons were not really uh, used to that. Let's put it that way. Championship, conference championship week in college football. Do these mean much anymore? No, not much. You know, they were supposed to be the first round of the playoff. And that all was good until 2016 when the college football playoff went in the toilet. And as Pat Fitzgerald said, you can call it what you want. It's still the BCS. Um, the idea that the conference championship game was going to be round one of the playoff was a great one. And when some people on the committee bailed on that, you started seeing committee members bail. 
You start seeing this uh, playoff kind of become the joke that it has become. When it is expanded, it will not be expanded wisely. It will become an even bigger joke. But let's talk about the conference championship games because on the field, those are still good. And they are coming up. They're going to start on Friday. That's going to be next on this here edition of Around the World of College Football on this here Spartan Pride podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. As we take a look on Friday, you got Oregon and Washington rematching. This one is going to be at the Super Bowl site, Allegiant Stadium. The big Roomba in the sky, Las Vegas, Nevada. Pacific Coast time, 11-1 Oregon Ducks, 12-0 Washington Huskies. I look at this one real simple. Washington's got to win. If Washington wins, they got a great playoff case, period. You beat Oregon twice, boom. If Oregon wins, it's going to get murky. The best argument for Oregon is to win in a blowout fashion. I know it doesn't sound fair. It's not really fair. But I think that's their only argument to try to make a playoff case is they got to win big. I don't know that that's going to happen. This is going to be inside, controlled environment. Uh, A lot of pressure on Washington, though. You know, they were... I think usually there's one team that gets blown out in the college football playoff. Unfortunately, that was Michigan State. We've seen it be Ohio State. We've seen it be Alabama, I think. We've also, I think, seen it be Washington. So um, they get some pressure, but... They also have a good enough opponent that if they win, and um, yeah, I think if they win, they get a really good argument to be okay in that playoff. Big 12 championship game, aka the last conference to add one. We have Oklahoma State at Texas in Dallas. Pretty much a home field advantage for Texas, but I don't know how big of a deal it is. Texas is 11 and 1. I don't think they have a great argument to make the college football playoff uh, just by winning this game alone, but they've got a hold serve, if you will. (laughs) There is no Maction this week, which is sad. It feels like something is missing here in the middle of the week, but Miami of Ohio and Toledo are going to kick it at noon on Saturday. I've seen more Toledo football than I probably should have this year. I did not see part of the 71-3 win that they had. You know, Toledo is undefeated, if not for a two-point loss in the season opener to Brett Bielma and the Fighting Illini. Miami, Red Hawks, 10-2, losses to Miami and to Toledo. So this is a rematch. They didn't play that long ago. I think this is going to be a better game than we think. I would, I, I honestly think it's probably more of a toss-up than just like Toledo's going to run them out of the gym. Georgia, Alabama, again, there were so many years when Florida and Alabama was really the national title game. Georgia and Alabama, we've seen in the national title game, these these guys have played so many times in Atlanta, it's kind of ridiculous. Is this going to be the week that Georgia finally trips and falls to the hands of Alabama? I don't know. Tied a lot of momentum off of that incredible Iron Bowl finish with Jalen Melrose making mistakes and then throwing a laser to the back of the end zone. Incredible. Um, Georgia actually more tested against Georgia Tech last week than you would have expected. This is going to be something. If this game is close, you could see both of these teams in the playoff. 
Obviously, if Georgia wins, they're going right back to where they've been. The big question is, what if Georgia loses? Well, I don't know. But it's going to get murky, and anyone that tells you, though, the last two years is not going to carry over in a committee's consideration is a fool. Of course it will. Georgia and Alabama in the capital city of college football, Atlanta, GA. Right downtown, next door to the College Football Hall of Fame. ACC Conference, Louisville, Florida State in Charlotte. Why are they playing there? I don't know. Nothing says Louisville or <laughs> Florida State like Charlotte. Louisville's 10 and 2. This is the second year in a row Jeff Brom is in one of these conference title games. I would not put it past him to take this one to the wire. Unfortunately, Florida State has lost their quarterback. Of course, they are featuring uh, Spartan star Keon Coleman, who was lured to Florida State likely by plenty of money. And uh, boy, did Michigan State miss him. Uh, but he is the big star for Florida State. I don't think this is that easy. I don't think this is a guarantee at all. Florida State, 12-0, definitely an argument to be in the playoff, depending on what happens here. See, the idea was that these conference championship games were going to be the first round of the playoff, and that was a great idea, but there was a hole in it. And I don't want to repeat my whole situation again, but here's how this should go, because it's the season. The five conference champions should make the playoff. So you have de facto round one of your playoff is conference championship game. And then one wild card. And that wild card would be a team that did not play in the conference championship game. If you play and lost, for example, Georgia and Alabama, no, you cannot be the wild card team. See, the wild card would be left for one team that did not play in a conference title game. And it would be largely done to appease Notre Dame and, and give them the impression or, or just appease them to keep an independent status. I don't think anybody else is big enough or bold enough uh, to go independent. That's just nearly impossible. Ask BYU. Ask Texas. Ask Penn State. It's not going to happen. But in a perfect world, you'd need one more team than necessary to find the national champion. And you sure as hell would not want to completely devalue the regular season as the coming expanded playoff will. A perfect system is one more team than absolutely necessary to identify. You have a 16 playoff. You have the first two play a couple weeks after these conference title games. The losers are done. And then the other four play as they normally would to get you to a national champion. That's how it should be. Boy, oh boy, what a mess it is. But these games are going to be fun. I know you're going to watch them. We're all going to be digging them. Friday night, Pac-10. Or whatever's left of it. We'll just might as well go back to calling it the Pac-10. And then Saturday, the rest. That's our expanded pick six for this week. Will Michigan State ever get back to a playoff? What about this Jonathan Smith situation? Let's talk about it next. Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan C. Smith introduced as Michigan State's new head coach today, starting to make the rounds as he brings himself from the Pacific Northwest, the great Pacific Northwest to Michigan State. It's going to be a little strange for sure. It is strange. Now, this is Michigan State. We've had Jim Boylan and Jim Boylan practically on the same staff back for Judd Heathcote in the 80s, 90s maybe. Now we're going from John L. Smith to Jonathan C. Smith and just a couple of coaches. I mean, no word yet from John L., but that would be cool to get. Um, I actually wonder if 
there comes a time where a new head coach reaches out to the last couple just to say, hey, you know, I'm taking over. What do you think? Anything, you know, to recommend? Or, you know, I just wanted to say hi. Probably not a bad idea. I don't think that happens, but it's not a horrible idea. Now, what is Jonathan Smith doing here? Now, I'm going to tell you what I think straight. And look, that doesn't always work. I already know that. I've <laughs> been doing this a long time. You know, I started with Spartan Nation in 2000, was it 8, 9, 2009. Um, ups and downs through 2021. Happy times, people really excited about what it wrote, wrote and said. Unhappy times, people not happy. Hey, you shouldn't say that. Hey, don't, 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 don't pick that stat out. Well, the stat is the stat. Jonathan Smith is stuck at Oregon State. He has to get out of there. That's one thing that concerns me about this is Jonathan Smith has to go somewhere. His conference is toast. If he chooses to stay at Oregon State, he's going to sift very quickly into professional irrelevance and be doing nothing but looking to go somewhere else in a hurry. Now, my belief is Jonathan Smith, as he kind of indicated to his, um, through his agent, you, you know, he was looking, had to look around. And the possibility, you know, there's always a possibility of going to Southern Cal or UCLA, maybe even soon. But those teams are coming to the Big Ten. And I suppose Smith is probably thinking he could always go back there if he wanted to at some point in time for whatever reason, if it worked out that way. So that's true. And there were some people interested in Jonathan Smith. But I see a lot of folks out there saying, hey, this is a home run hire. I'm liking this more and more. And you should. That's ideally what happens is you like to hire more and more, um, as we did with Bobby Williams and John L. Smith and Mark D'Antonio. Remember the banquet he went to? Um, and Mel Tucker. That's kind of the idea. So that's kind of the default setting. Uh, but to suggest it's a home run hire, I think, is not anywhere close. A home run hire was Urban Meyer. A home run hire is Lane Kiffin. Pat Shermer is very arguably a home run hire because he was hired at the NFL level to be a head coach twice. My understanding is the Board of Trustees didn't have it together to land one of those fish. So it's very possible Jonathan Smith could be the best of what Michigan State could get over the goal line. But I hold on on calling it a home run hire. If a guy wins 100 games, that's that sure as hell is a home run hire. That's what Mark D'Antonio obviously turned out to be. We all know what happened after the Badger bomb of 2016 to Michigan State football and Mark D'Antonio. And we also know that if D'Antonio was looking to exit with a great legacy, he very easily should have left right after that Holiday Bowl, 100th win, top 15 finish again. He did not, and this program is now still picking the pieces up. Uh, the problem is the way D'Antonio left them, arguably looking to hand off the program to a couple of people that was not going to happen, having a couple of people turn the, the job down from there, that got them stuck. And when you do that, you really need the Tucker thing, whoever it was hired to really work out. It looked like it was on the way. It wasn't. It was fake it till you make it gone wrong. And kaboom, went the dynamite. So now Jonathan Smith is here. He's bringing some guys with him from Oregon State, which is a good idea. It sounds like he knows he needs to get some people from the Midwest, which is a good idea. And he suggests that it may take a while to put this staff together. That sounds good to me. Sounds good to me because a guy named Max Bulla is down at Notre Dame coaching still in the season. Now, we have seen news and movement out of Notre Dame already with one coach leaving or being fired. It's, it's a little murky at this point, but I would suggest to you that Jonathan Smith 
need to get on the phone with Max Bulla as soon as possible and get him up there to see if there's any interest in any chemistry in these guys working together. The arrival of Jonathan Smith will go better the more he's got some Michigan State connections. Holding on to Coach Hawkins and Coach Barnett is probably a good idea, if it makes sense. Bringing in a guy like Max Bulla is a really, really good idea. I would look for Smith to do something like that. I would also look for him to take a lot of what has been successful at Michigan State in the past in recruiting and nearly successful in the, in the recent time and apply that forward. I'm going to talk about what I mean about that next. So we're laying out the blueprint for what Jonathan Smith has got to do here at Michigan State on the Spartan Pride podcast. I don't need to go in the weeds with you. You just need to know that Michigan State has to have a really good talent evaluator and a really good talent developer. Mel Tucker had a lot of talent here, it looks like. I don't know how much it's going to stay. So evaluation of talent, maybe not so bad. Development of talent, not good. What does Michigan State need to do with John Smith? They need to recruit Michigan, Ohio, and Georgia as in-state. Now, during the D'Antonio era, they very clearly recruited Michigan and Ohio in-state during the Tucker era because of the plethora of Power 5 players in the state of Georgia. Michigan State recruited Georgia as an in-state school. That's how often they were here. That's how many players they offered. That's how well they're known. That should continue initially for Jonathan Smith, as should some of the recruiting that he's done, obviously, in his region. Oregon, Washington, California. So if you're looking at it as a tier, I would look for Smith to attack Michigan, Ohio, and Georgia as a top tier. Maybe the Pacific uh, Northwest or California on that tier, at least to start, because it's kind of a carryover. And then you're dropping down to uh, Florida, California, Texas, the DMV region, and then the rest of the Midwest. Not, not a bad idea. But I think the point is, don't forget about Ohio, like Tucker did, arguably. Don't forget about Georgia, which started under D'Antonio and is you know, really the hottest football state in the country as far as the expansion of football in the last 20 years. And no need to forget about where you just were. You've done all that recruiting work in California and the Northwest. You might as well carry it with you, at least for the first couple of years. We know Tucker did that with California and some of the other places, Texas, that, that they were in when they were in Colorado and Georgia before. So I would look for that to be developing. I look for the staff to matter as far as who is coming. It is a wild card. It is a bit of a concern to pull somebody from this far away with no ties and see how it goes. For God's sake, it's got to go better than John L. Smith. And I think that we can trust Alan Haller and that he knows that it will go better than John L. Smith. Alan Haller was around a good bit while John L. Smith was here. He knows some of the pitfalls that cost Smith. Some of it unfortunate, some of it self-inflicted, some of it not very smart by John L. Smith. So Jonathan Smith needs to make sure he's leaning on Alan Haller and Haller needs to make sure that they're going the right way so this thing doesn't spin out of control even worse. Good news for Jonathan Smith, you're kind of starting at the bottom. Good news is he appears to want to be here over waiting on some UCLA's or USC or somewhere else or you know, wait another year. But this is, a, this is a, a stretch. We don't know if this is going to work or not. We do not know. And it is not a home run hire as we sit here today. I am sorry to tell you that, but you probably need to hear it if you're thinking it is. Doesn't mean it won't be. The wild thing is Smith played college football 
during the Nick Saban era, if you will, uh, a lot of us graduated and were in the same class year as Jonathan Smith, which is pretty amazing. And it's great that he wants to be at Michigan State. And he's got an idea of his philosophy. One of the keys that I think has to happen here is Smith has to pick a defensive coordinator that is tied in with his offensive approach. So John L. maybe had not thought much about that and kind of just forgot about it, if you will. (laughs) And that caused some problems, didn't it? Uh, Jonathan Smith cannot afford to do that. He's going to be fighting uphill here for the first couple years. Uh, He just is. It's not going to be easy to raise money at Michigan State. It's not going to be easy to raise enthusiasm as it would be if you had a big name on this job that was familiar to Michigan State or to the region or to America like Elaine Kiffin. So he's got some work cut out for him. What I want to see him do is tie in the offensive approach with the defensive approach. That is something that D'Antonio arguably did successfully and a permanent defense D'Antonio could have for not ever evolving on the offensive side of the ball or being so reluctant to evolve to it. Remember the 2017 game, the Northwestern game, when they finally did, it was like something clicked and the offense starts roaring from there and then you get to 2018 and it's right back to square one. And what a disappointing 2018 and 2019. It really... It really gutted the soul of Michigan State as far as uh, defense and special teams. and Those things haven't been rebuilt. They, they never got rebuilt. So Jonathan Smith is, is essentially going to start with a blank slate. He's got to recruit everybody since everybody appears to be in the transfer portal right now, which is, I don't think, a great idea, but I understand it. As he mentioned at his press conference, I think it's a worse idea to put out some like goodbye postcard and then, you know, the the kids try to come back like three weeks later. I don't know if that's a good idea. Work cut out for him, a staff to put together, but those are the basics of what I think Jonathan Smith has to do. Fake it till you make it went wrong with Mel Tucker. I am encouraged that Jonathan Smith is taking the approach that he wants to make it, so he absolutely never has to fake it around Michigan State and having success in this Big Ten and the new Big Ten that's coming next year. I am Jonathan Shop. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast. We are wrapping up our look around college football. This is the last one for the season. We'll be in touch again sometime down the road. Stay tuned to the Fans First Sports Network. And thanks again for listening to the Spartan Pride Podcast. Have a great day.